chromosomes. Little strands of nucleic acids and proteins are the fundamental genetic instructions that tell us who we are at birth. Most people are born with 46 chromosomes, but each year in the United States, about 6,000 people are born with an extra chromosome, making them a person with Down syndrome. If you've ever encountered someone with Down syndrome, you know that they are some of the kindest, most joyful people you will ever meet. They truly have something extra. My name is Lisa Nichols, and I have spent the last 24 years as both the CEO of Technology Partners and as the mother to Allie. Allie has something extra in every sense of the word. I have been blessed to be by her side as she impacts everyone she meets. Through these two important roles as CEO and mother to Allie, I have witnessed countless life lessons that have fundamentally changed the way I look at the world. While you may not have an extra chromosome, every leader has something extra that defines who you are. Join me as I explore the something extra in leaders from all walks of life and discover how that difference in each of them has made a difference in their companies, their families, their communities, and in themselves. I am thrilled to have Jason Hall on the show today. Jason is the co-founder and CEO of arch to park Jason, I'm so excited to have you here today. You have just become my good friend for the last couple of years here. Well, thank you. It's great to be here this morning yeah. uh, with you and look forward to this conversation. I always get such positive energy from you. So I, I'm just excited and we both love St. Louis and entrepreneurship so much. So we have a lot to talk about. Great. <laughs> So you and I originally met because we're both on the Missouri Technology Corporation Board. And I want to talk a lot about that. But before we go into that, growing up, what was growing up like for you? Born and raised in the St. Louis metro. I was from the Illinois side of the metro in Granite City, Illinois. And love it. It's still my my hometown, but St. Louis as the metro is my home. You know, was lucky. Was one of the very first in my family to graduate from high school and go on to earn a college degree. Went out east for a while to school, worked in New York for a bit and and law school, then ultimately had this big decision, you know, do you go back home or do you go to one of these bigger cities at the time on the coast? And I just really did a lot of deep thinking. And for me, it was so many people sacrificed for me Mm. to have those opportunities that they didn't have. And that's, you know, my parents, my family and teachers and church I grew up in, all of that. And... I just said, you know what? I want to go back and be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I want to give back. I want to work. I need a career, but I want to get back to the place that is home. And I just have a deep sense of connection to this place that created who I am and my foundation. And so I love that came back and uh, joined the Brian Cave Law Firm uh, downtown out of law school. And just what a terrific place to start a career. And How long were you at in. Brian Cave? So I was there a little over six years Okay, and mm-hmm. loved being there and still mm-hmm. feel a very strong connection. You know, it's a longtime employer in St. Louis. Yes, started here. St. Louis made. St. Louis made. <laughs> very deep connections to uh, the old McDonnell Douglas, mm-hmm. which I know is near and dear to your heart. And yes. The two organizations sort of grew together. And I loved it. But six years in, I had done some volunteer activity with then Attorney General Jay Nixon And he approached me uh, after he became governor and said, I'm trying to get some young people involved in my administration. Would you come to Jeff City and be a part of it? And I thought, wow, 
don't know, that's a big decision, you know. And after talking internally to mentors in the firm, you know, mentors are so critical to help make these decisions. I agreed to go down for 12 months. You kind of time boxed it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I thought, Mm -hmm. well, it was the recession. You know, business was going to be a little slower. What year was this, Jason? 2009. Okay. So the big recession was going on and, you know, it was clear our community needed help. We needed to fight for jobs. Jobs are critical to families. So, uh, you know, I went for 12 months, and here we are over 10 years later, and I haven't been back to the practice of law <laughs> yet, but I, I love working in economic development and trying to bring more jobs and opportunities to our hometown to ensure that it has a vibrant a bright future. future. That's right? right. You know, great cities and regions, they're not automatic or accidental. You have to fight for them, and people have to come together to be a part of shaping the place and be proud of the place. Everybody's got challenges. Everybody's got opportunities. We got to work on them and Mm -hmm. seize them. That's what I love about this business. You know, you bring people together to make a better St. Louis, and I'm all about that. So much fun. So Jay Nixon approached you, so you had a decision to make. That's right. And that probably took a little courage. Didn't it, Jason? Because you knew what you went to Vanderbilt. You yeah. had a great law degree. You had a great thing going at Brian Cave. So I'm sure that took some courage to make that leap. But the other thing that you said that I think is so important is it sounded like you had some trusted advisors around you. That's right. You said you leaned into some mentors. And so I think that's always a better way to make a decision, don't you? I do. And I, I look back, you know, I was, you know, in my young 30s at that time. And, you know, you just don't have enough perspective in life Mm -hmm. yet. And sometimes decisions can feel more personal and you feel the weight that it's just helpful to get back and surround yourself with people you know care about you, Mm -hmm. care about your career, and have a broader perspective because they kind of help you sort through the emotions of those personal decisions. I think back at how caring people were and I try to do that for the generation below me. You do. You just got to keep passing that that. baton. That's right. The other thing that you talked about was really a great region does not just happen automatically. There's some intentionality behind it. And I think, you know, the thought crossed my mind, it's almost a culture in a state or a region or a city. And just like in a company, it has to be an intentional thing. Either the culture will make itself (laughs) or you can kind of direct it, right? That's right. And we need to encourage people to step up and be a part of the community, create opportunities to be a part of it. As I like to say, when people are sitting around having coffee or talking about their home, you know, oftentimes people will say, someone needs to do X. Well, the civic and economic development community generally are that glue behind the scenes, bringing people together to do X, whatever Mm -hmm. it is Mm -hmm. that that needs to be solved. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it encourages risk-taking and being a part of the community, being humble that you don't know all the answers, but if you surround yourself with a diverse group of people in viewpoints, we can work through things. Absolutely. And and it does require a state of mind and a state of action. As I always tell people, hand-wringing is not a strategy either. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, you got to do but uh, you got to do together mm-hmm. as a community. Yeah, Greg always says hope is not a strategy. That's right. <laughs> you can't just hope things will get better. You know, you have to take some action. So That's I love right. that bias to action. And it means being comfortable, being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you may not know all the answers. You may fail on attempt one. You'll learn something and you get it right the next time. And yeah. so it's sort of like being an entrepreneur. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to 
you got to have a little bit of appetite for risk. Mm-hmm. It gets a little more comfortable when you're not going at it completely alone. You'll make some mistakes. The question is, do you pick right. yourself up? What would you learn? And how do you keep going forward? Because that's the only direction you can go. That's awesome advice. So let's go back to Jay Nixon. When he asked you to come to Jeff City, did he ask you to come? Were you the director of economic development or the So MTC at first. So, oh, okay, MTC. So, so it right. was interesting. You know, back in 2009, again, people forget that didn't live through it, big global recession, hemorrhaging jobs. There was so much uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So economic development was everything. He had said, you know, we we need to get really strategic about entrepreneurship, new technology jobs, and make sure that's an important part of where our state is heading forward. And he goes, we have this thing called the Missouri Technology Corporation. It's not really done much before. Let's figure it out and let's Mm -hmm. turn it into something special. Mm -hmm. And I had done a lot of technology work in my legal practice. And he said, let's figure it out. So we went down there and uh, that was my first job. Did that. We figured out a get started strategy to make sure entrepreneurs were at the table Mm -hmm. and valued and Mm -hmm. supported in our state. And that was a bipartisan issue, really. And then from there, he actually appointed me to lead the Department of Economic Development, which is the umbrella organization uh, over that. So Mm -hmm. I was with him for the entire first term. It was so much fun. You know, we fought for families, you know, and I I look, you know, up the road here in in Winsville. I can remember flying up to Detroit with the governor, you know, fighting for those auto manufacturing jobs. Those were families like I grew up with. You had to be smart, but you had to play like you wanted to win. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, every time I drive through that area or you talk to somebody that works at a a supplier to the Winsville plant for General Motors, part of the satisfaction you get from this job is knowing you you help make that happen. And those are the great rewards. But it's the supply chain underneath, too. There is a ripple effect, is there not, Jason? Because there's suppliers that get affected when the auto manufacturers and that are doing well. And really, Governor Nixon deserved a lot of credit for thinking through that strategy. He goes, you got to get the manufacturing plant, which we we did, and Mm -hmm. brought the Chevy Colorado here, which has just been a tremendous vehicle for General Motors. They keep adding investment and lines uh, out there. So that's been good. But then we said, what else can you get? And we went to fight for all those suppliers and Mm -hmm. uh, made a real strategic effort, went to the Detroit Auto Show, started meeting with decision makers that were putting those plants for the suppliers. So, you know, you got to be smart, strategic, Mm -hmm. and just keep bringing more jobs and opportunities to this region. Right. That's what makes for a great place to live. Absolutely. So let's talk about MTC because, you know, some people may not really understand what the Missouri Technology Corporation, what's the mission and then let's talk about the impact. What has it been? Eleven years now? Uh, yeah, two thousand nine. So yeah, was so really eleven the, years now, yeah. right? So has had tremendous impact. So I would love for our listeners to understand a little bit more yeah. about MTC. Well, I always like to tell people, you know, a simple kid from Granite City, when you get into economic development, it's really about creating jobs. And there's really three ways at the end of the day that you can do that. You can expand businesses that are already here, mm-hmm. just like Technology Partners. Sure. Been a tremendous success story. And making sure we have a good business climate, a good education, and things that allow you to find the employees and talent you need and expand. The second way you can do it is go recruit new businesses here. 
we got to do that. We've, and we've yeah, had and some we have done that. tremendous wins. You know, KPMG located their whole IT center here. You know, that was one over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. KWS, which was a company from Germany, they decided to, in the ag tech space, expand to the United States. And they looked at San Francisco, St. Louis, and the Raleigh-Durham area in North Carolina. That's an example. Mm-hmm. And we fought and we won. And KWS is here in St. Louis as a growing uh, global corporation now. Right. But the third way that we often forget because those stories start out simple. They don't often get the headlines. Mm-hmm. And that is create new businesses. Yes. It's entrepreneurship. And I think there was a period of time in economic development policy where the big stuff, you know, big ribbon cuttings, 500 jobs at once mm-hmm. kind of attracted all the attention. Mm-hmm. And what I believed was you had to fight for entrepreneurs because I think homegrown businesses, there's something special about them. Mm-hmm. They tend to define who you are. It's the people that pay for Little League. They often support the community in ways that are just so generous. And they are our defining brands. And when you think back over St. Louis's life, Anheuser-Busch, Emerson, Monsanto. Express Scripts. Express Scripts. Centene. You know, they all started with just like you and Greg. You (laughs) know, sort of people with an idea. (laughs) And we forget they started out so small. So, So MTC was at the end of the day getting back to how do we support entrepreneurs and then specifically technology entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. because they face a unique challenge Mm -hmm. because you need a type of capital, venture capital, and a type of mentorship that's hard to find in the Midwest. I mean, the Midwest has had to fight for our share when you've had the rise of big Silicon Valley Valley and and these big tech markets. So we said, let's work together to solve that. So Mm -hmm. we're creating the next generation. Um, So we, uh, you know, worked with the legislature and the governor to create two programs. One was to help invest in some of those startups in partnership with the private sector. And if the company did well, the taxpayers got not only the jobs, but they also got a return on that investment, which was very different, not a subsidy, but actually risk sharing. It had broad bipartisan appeal to do that. And then the second was to start working with local communities around the state to build up the infrastructure of places and mentor networks that allow entrepreneurs to be even more successful. And don't impose anything from the state, but work in Mm -hmm. partnership and help bring resources. As we look back over the last 10 years, you know, it's so interesting. They're like uh, children to you. I think of companies (laughs) like Benson Hill Biosystems, uh, led by CEO Matt Crisp. This is one of the fastest growing ag tech companies on the planet. They've been named a top 100 artificial intelligence company in the world. They are backed by Google. That is Google's first major venture capital investment off the coasts, right here in the Midwest, in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to move the company. Mm-hmm. They're building a new headquarters here and scaling up to 300 employees. MTC invested in that company early on with the Biogenerator, which supports local biotech companies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and took some of those early risks. And it was just Matt and a couple of people moving here from North Carolina because we had opportunity. Mm-hmm. And now we're reaping those long-term benefits. Sure. Well, I want to dive more into this. We've got so much to talk about, That's Jason, right. but we need to take a quick break and we'll be back with Jason Hall. Are you a rising IT leader? Could you benefit from a network of like-minded peers? Let me introduce you to the St. Louis Technology Leadership Experience. This one-of-a-kind program gathers cohorts of IT professionals for three workshops, peer small group problem solving, one-on-one mentoring by IT executives, and multiple networking events. You'll be prepared for your next steps as an IT leader by gaining core leadership competencies and a strong, powerful network of peers. 
To apply for our next TechLX cohort, visit tpi.co slash TLX. So Jason, talking about Benson Hill, Matt could have moved that company anywhere. And I know that you were involved in the recruitment of that to yeah. St. Louis. You know, what ultimately was it that said, yeah, we're going to put roots down here. And then we've got a lot of other stories about companies moving their headquarters here. Communities, as we were talking about, in some ways are just like businesses. You do have to find those areas of specialization where you can be better than everyone, mm-hmm. global excellence. So Benson Hill is really part of a larger constellation of success stories that goes back 20 years. There were community leaders that still inspire me to this day, John McDonnell, Bill Danforth, that 20 years ago looked around and said, you know, St. Louis could be globally excellent in biotech and in particular agricultural technologies, which they saw as a big growth area. Mm -hmm. They brought the community together in a positive way and really charted out a long-term strategy that's still being implemented to this day under BioSTL. When you look at just over the last 12 months, Benson Hill, going gangbusters, just growing. St. Louis just pulled off something it hasn't done in a long time. A lot of people think, oh, we've shed Fortune 500 headquarters. No, we're gaining them. Mm -hmm. In fact, Bungie, a Fortune 200 company, is leaving New York and relocating its global headquarters just down the road here in St. Louis to be a part of our global ag tech scene. Just a few weeks ago, the Gates Foundation from Bill and Melinda Gates, one of the most notable philanthropists on the planet, Mm -hmm. made the bold decision to relocate their agricultural headquarters, which is focused on helping small farmers with mm -hmm. drought-resistant crops, uh, particularly in sub-Saharan Africa. They're relocating that whole headquarters and growing it in St. Louis. That is just amazing. You need those areas of excellence that attract those big ideas, Mm -hmm. the next generation, And that is just, it goes back 20 years, but it shows when this community comes together and we say, (laughs) we have got the assets to be globally excellent. Let's put egos aside. Let's play the long game. We win. And 20 years later, we are still putting big points on the scoreboard. That is just so exciting. I just get so excited. But, you know, again, it was an intentionality that Bill and John and other community leaders came together and put a plan in place. That's right. And so, you know, if you didn't realize, you know, we're reaping the benefits <laughs> that's, of their planning 20 years ago. That's right. That's why we have to take the long view. You know, I say, as much as we like to think it's not about us, it's mm-hmm. about other people. And when you don't worry about credit, success is a sure lot easier to achieve. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Could not agree with you more. I just read an HBR or article yesterday written by Clayton Christensen. And, you know, his whole thing is if you will put aside like personal achievement, it's not about that. It's how many people you make their lives better. That's really the yardstick that we should all be measuring ourselves by. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And quite frankly, it's just more fun. Who wants to win by themselves? Let's win yeah, as a team. I mean, it's right. at the end of the day, for the time we have on this planet, like it is about each other and life's too short. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Absolutely. Be a team. Be a part of a team. Yeah. That's what you will always remember. Yeah. So talk a little bit about NGA, and then we have to talk about Arch to Park, sure. what you're doing now. Really another big, exciting, just like 20 years ago where we made big decisions around biotech and ag tech. I am so inspired by the way the community is coming together around a new technology area called geospatial. And that sounds very uh, fancy. Mm -hmm. It's really the use of locational data or spatial data to make decisions. 
that's affecting everything from autonomous vehicles or you pick up your iPhone and type an address in the map. It's using mm-hmm. geospatial data to help guide you from point A to point B. So we all use it every day. This is a half trillion dollar industry. It's growing at 15% per year. And St. Louis has deep roots in this industry. There's a federal installation here called the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Most people don't realize it actually goes all the way back. Its roots go back to the Lewis and Clark expedition and the map support function that the government provided to them. That's how St. Louis became and grew this expertise in mapping technology. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, today we don't use paper maps like we used to. It's all digital and satellite and uh, more globally relevant. But they made a 100-year decision to double down on St. Louis and are building a nearly 2 billion, with a B, headquarters north of downtown in North St. Louis. This is huge, and it is a revolutionary facility for them because it really moves them even deeper into the digital age. And they're creating spaces to collaborate with companies like yours and technology Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. partners in declassified Mm -hmm. spaces but what that does for St. Louis, not only is that over 3,000 jobs, and a, I mean, it's going to put men and women in hard hats together. That's a five-year build cycle. Sure. That is tremendous. But it really gives us this anchor institution around which to be the global leader in geospatial Again, technology. Yes, exactly. The excellence, the global excellence. The excellence. Right. So the communities come together around an initiative, and Arch to Park has been a part of this, called GeoFutures. And we are mapping out a long-term vision for how we be just as successful as as a generation before us in ag tech Mm -hmm. in geospatial technology. Mm -hmm. And that makes sure St. Louis is creating high-paying jobs for our community for the future. Secondly, it makes sure that we stay at the forefront of technological Mm -hmm. innovation. Our people are being trained properly, right? right. That's part of it as well. Yeah, when you get into the strategy, the community will be rolling that out on March 24th, actually, at St. Louis University as part of a big global uh, leadership event that we started last year. The community is excited to lay out their strategies. And I'll tell you one exciting part of this, and this has been new for economic development, we are really trying to make sure that we leave no member of this community behind. So we've embraced Mm. principles of racial equity from the start to make sure that every resident can participate in the gains and have access to the opportunities that we're talking about. Because if we don't do that as a community, particularly African-Americans in this community in North St. Louis, I think we fail. So I'm really excited about how the community has just brought that lens to this work. And I think no one knows all the answers, but it starts with intention. Right. And it starts with recognizing you don't know all the answers. Mm-hmm. you got to listen to Getting people. the right people together. And That's right. Like you said, we've proven that when we do that, we win. So I believe that the same will be true here. And you can't win as a community if you leave members of the community mm-hmm. behind. Yeah. And so let's do this the right way. Right. How can we change the narrative? And I have said, we've got to be talking. That's why I'm so excited about talking about these things so we can educate people so we can change the narrative. It's one person at a time. Do you know what's going on in North St. Louis? I mean, this is so exciting. We're getting the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Yeah. The headquarters. It's been a long time since the community invested in a narrative. And, you know, we you do have to create a set of tools for the community because everybody's got day jobs. That's right. They don't have time to That's look right. at all what's happening. And, mm-hmm. and just like everything, you know, we need help curating it. You know, I've been a part of a movement of a broad coalition of business and civic leaders that came together to say, you know what, this is a really special moment in time in St. Louis. Our city, which certainly had a lot of challenges historically, Mm -hmm. 
$9 billion of investment is happening. That is generationally significant. You've got these great centers of entrepreneurship at places like Cortex and T-Rex. Cortex, another example. When I moved back from college, it was 200 decaying industrial acres. It's now home to six thousand jobs and companies like Microsoft and Aon and others that have come in. You know, we are going through a period of transformation and we said, we need to do a better job of telling our story because you can't grow and be the best kept secret. You've mm-hmm, got to, you know, mm-hmm. that's part where you do got to boast as We've a community. you got to be a little braggadocious That's here. right. That's right. Because <laughs> you do compete for talent and you do compete yes. for investment. So we actually did a bunch of research. What do people care about and what are their emotional connections to St. Louis? And where that all came out was, we're using the hashtag STLMade. We should all tell our own stories, but just add that one extra element mm-hmm. to say, I'm the best technology partners, but I'm part of a community mm-hmm. and I've got that pride. And so right. STLMade creates the opportunity right. to do that. But it's really the centering principles are St. Louis is a place where you can start up, stand out, and stay. And those became oh, the I things we were so proud of. Mm-hmm. When you go ask this community, entrepreneurship, our entrepreneurial history, our ability and our growth in startups. You know, last year we were number one in the United States for women-founded startups. Yes, I know. We are leading the country. And St. Louisans, it turns out, are proud about that. Whether Mm -hmm. you live in the city, the suburbs, or any other dimension, we were all proud of our startup community. Mm -hmm. So that's critical. And then I definitely think that's a something extra. I mean, to be number one. (laughs) That's right. In the country. Because we. It's incredible. We are leading in this area of diversity Mm -hmm. of women founded startups. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so extraordinary. At times, it's hard to believe, you know, you're like, did we really pull that off? Right. Uh, We did. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to keep getting bigger. And then the idea that some markets have had such rapid growth, they become unaffordable. For a lot of young people, a lot of families. And St. Louis has some of the most affordable places that you can live, really cool neighborhoods, whether you Mm -hmm. like suburbs or urban. There's so many choices here that are affordable. It's a place you can stay. You can put down roots. And, you know, the idea of standing out, this is a place where you can make a difference. I love that. Start up, stand stand out, out and stay. That's right. I love that. People can just start saying that. That's right. And you'll hear, uh, you know, some of our elected officials and others say that. I mean, those are really what makes us special, creates a unique value proposition. Mm -hmm. And it's what this community cares about. And so we're going to keep taking that message out, show our pride, and allow others to be a part of this. And let's build a big old table and just a wonderful community. Let's do it. I'm with you. Okay, so tell me about something extra in somebody in your life. I'll go back to, uh, you know, my parents and, you know, the way we we were starting this Mm -hmm. conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, very humble roots. And and as I've been so privileged to be given opportunities that they didn't have and I get further in life, you really appreciate those humble sacrifices that they make and parents make, often against just really big struggles. You don't appreciate that as a child sometimes. You don't, because you don't really see it, but You don't. And the further you get along in life, I just am so thankful. So I would encourage people to remember, sometimes we've never walked a day in in other people's shoes, Mm -hmm. to be humble, to listen, and quite frankly, to be thankful for folks, especially your parents or your family, whatever its structure, or whoever provided that leadership in your life to remember to say thank you to them. Mm-hmm. Don't get too big for the britches, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, and just remember, you're a big part of your own success. 
but you're only as successful as those people around you really allow you to be. Right. And, and so um, when you have that support system, you know, make sure that you show them gratitude. Well, and I just think day. about you too, Jason, because I just see you giving a lot. But I do believe that it's probably those roots and you remembering where you came from that puts that fire in your belly to make sure that you are passing on to the next generation or or helping our community, really. I mean, it's how you were raised and your parents, that is so much of who you are today. Yeah, it is. And I, I think it's just such a, you know, I am proud to be a St. Louis and I am proud to be an American. And I think this place, we are imperfect, uh, both as a city, a metro and as a country. But, as you know, people. as they say, you're only <laughs> as good as the alternatives. And I just think, you know, that's what makes this place so special. And I want to carry on that tradition. And, you know, economic development, it's not a theoretical exercise for me opportunity and jobs and a great home and community to be a part of, we have to fight for that. And every time we win, it has a ripple effect for people. We'll, you know, we won't know 100 it's years a from now thing, who's right? running technology partners. Mm-hmm. You'll be affecting families and mm-hmm. creating opportunities for a long period of time. Right. And you know, that's really what motivates me uh, to do this and get back. I am so glad that you didn't end up on the East Coast yeah. or in New York or stay in Nashville after law school. I'm so glad you're here because you're a pillar in the community. You well, truly I, are. I appreciate that. So. And uh, it's fun to work with you. And, I, you know, again, as our shared passions in this area. And I look forward to that for many years to come. Me too. Because there is a lot of upward momentum, mm-hmm. a lot of upward potential but we got to f- keep fighting every single day to really allow St. Louis to right. reach its full potential. I totally agree. So tell me, is there anything coming up that you want to tell the listeners about or how they can get involved or, you know? You know, I'll tell you one uh, coming up around the narrative where we said, you know, we got to all do a better job mm-hmm. of, of sharing our story yes. and reminding ourselves that we're part of a community and we should be proud of that. We launched this narrative project uh, last year on 314 Day, so it was March 14th. You have to start somewhere. Yeah, we thought that was a day. fun way to start. <laughs> pie day. We did serve some pie. You did? <laughs> uh, yeah, we, it was, you know, we just kind of had a little party down at Venture Cafe at Cortex. Over a thousand people from the community showed up to be a part of it. It was exciting. It was fun. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary of that, and over 200 organizations are going to be sponsoring different events related to STL Made and showing our pride and just mm. being a reminder of how far we've come. So I would ask people, you know, to be watching on uh, March 14th and the days leading up to that, and I would encourage every single listener to share what they're proud of about this community. Mm-hmm. Put that out on social media. Talk to right. your, your neighbors and friends. Share some of the exciting things you and I talked about today. Yes, yes. Because we have got... 314. 314. Okay, so be sharing your story. If you are a St. Louis-made company, you know, highlight that That's on right. social media that day. And, and the just things say, that I'm proud, proud to be STL. It right. can be really simple. Mm-hmm. I am proud to be hashtag STL-made. STL Whether you were here for generations or you moved here yesterday, mm-hmm. you are STL made. Oh, yes. And there's a place for you in this community, and you are valued, and there is a big tent in this momentum, and uh, we got to keep building this movement. Well, I just hope that that day we break the internet. That's right. Because <laughs> there's so much traffic. That's right. I love it. I love it. Well, Jason, thank you so much. This has been so much fun for me. I just appreciate you making the time, and uh, you know, we're looking forward to the future. Well, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for doing this podcast and just what you've done with this company, the passion you bring for this community, 
and uh, the positive energy that you fill every room with, that is felt. And uh, it was such a joy to be here with you this morning. Very good. Thank you for listening to today's show. Something Extra with Lisa Nichols is a Technology Partners production. Copyright Technology Partners, Inc., 2019. For show notes or to reach Lisa, visit tpi.co slash podcast. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen.